I think a lot of us nowadays wants the instant gratification and we don't want to do the fucking work. At the end of the day, it's humans dealing with humans. And the people who win are the folks who know how to service people to that. When you manifest something and you think about like, hey, I'm gonna, I want to have the ability to turn around and help. I just think you put good juju in the world. Yeah. And then if you actually go through on that, sometimes doing the right thing is not the easy thing. We have the right foundational knowledge, uh, math, science, all that stuff. And just, just that proper structure, I think. And then now we can do anything. Because you met that person in the pit and you added value to him. And at some point he remembered that and wanted to give that back to you. It's not just take, take, take. And that's what it is in the Northeast a lot. It's you know, transactional. If you don't realize what I'm really about, I'm about freedom, family, and my country. Abiola, cheers. We got our spin drifts. Yeah. Uh, I hope they sponsor this. They did. They will soon when they get to know me. <laughs> of course, cheers. So I got back from Utah. I don't know if you saw any of my, my content. And I took a red eye back, okay. which I never do. And I was... It just hit me, man. I don't know if it was because I was coming down from the trip. I had been a little sick going out. Okay. And then we we did a lot of work out there. We met a lot of people, and we, we were engaged in a very long emotional coaching day. You know, so it just all hit me, I feel like, as I was going on the plane. And I got home, and I slept for 36 hours. Are you kidding me? I'm, no, I'm dead serious. So finally, like, 10 days later, I'm still a little tired, but I'm out of the uh, the crap, and... I'm excited to get Fireside going. I'm excited you, a friend, a one-on-one -on -one coaching client, a pit member um, is coming on the pit. I'm excited to help more people do what you're embarking on now for you and your family and your community. <laughs> and I want to talk a lot about AV luxury design. I want to talk about your beautiful babies, your wife Lillian, and your life story. Okay. And hopefully someone out there that watches this has walked a parallel path and you could inspire or educate them to take the same leaps that you did um, to get to your financial freedom. Well, thank you for being here. No, thank you for having me. You know what? I did see your Utah stuff. It looked amazing. I saw you were uh, helicopter riding. Uh, it was, it was, that's another story. I won't sidetrack us. <laughs> like, uh, what was that thing Ric Flair says? Uh, high flying, limousine riding. Uh... I got the whole Trump thing going on. <laughs> Just like, you know, I'm going for the show, baby. <laughs> you know, that's what people don't realize about this whole content thing. Yeah. And this is what you need. This is the nugget. Boom. We need like a nugget sound. <laughs> the <co> new <laughs> menu alert. Like, Jimmy. Oh, I love. New <laughs> menu alert. <laughs> I love when that guy does that. Jamie, clean bro. Shout out. Oh, he's great. I like him. He's it, a good guy. He's the best. Philanthropist at it, heart. It's, it's social media. People want to be entertained. For sure. From a funny perspective or... This is flashy and cool and captures your eye. Helicopters, you know, in the past there was definitely a lot of jets. I think that has simmered down because they, everybody and their mother was taking a picture next to a jet they didn't own. Um, <laughs> but for us, like, we, like Trevor and I like that stuff. Keaton's got a helicopter. We're out there and we get on this helicopter and we're with Ryan, the CEO, Ryan Bacher of Limitless Society. And okay. we get up there and he's like, Jordan's really good at flying this thing. I'm like, yeah, Why? He's like, oh, she's, she's been flying for 20 hours all day. She's really good, right? Meanwhile, we're dipping in that RV. I'm like, oh, yo. maybe I don't want to be on this helicopter. Helicopters scare the shit out of me, dude. It takes some used to, getting used to. <laughs> Definitely takes some getting used to. 
But it's fun as hell, man. And we caught some awesome, like, when you come out the back of Keaton's house, you climb another, like, six, 7,000 feet of elevation. His house is at, like, 4,800. You climb up to over 10. Damn. And the helicopter climbs the face of the mountain, and then, boom, you're on top of it, and you're in these, you know, different ravines. It's really, really cool. Probably stunning views. So helicopters and all that types of stuff is a part of marketing. Okay. But it's also a great experience that myself, Trevor, and everybody who's been involved in this stuff is being able to enjoy. So it's been fun. Yeah. I I encourage everybody to go do fun shit, whatever that means to you. Yeah. And if you can use that to make money, it's a win-win. I like a side-by-side. Just writing that. That's awesome. Yeah. We did that too out there. Did you really? Yeah. We went to, uh, I think it was called King Ranch with Rick Lindsay. He's the CEO of Prime Insurance, X Insurance. Yeah, I saw that. Um, guys went completely contrarian to the rest of the insurance industry. And I'm just going to tell you that he's definitely probably not a guy far from a billion dollars of net worth, you know, doing something outside the box. And we were able to go up there and pick his brain and get some of his wisdom as a CEO, an entrepreneur. And we took his side-by-sides in the snow up onto his King Ranch. He's got one property that's 25 acres. He's like, hey, we're going to go down the road on the side-by-sides. You want to go see my 260-acre lot over there? I'm like, what do you mean? I'm like, 10 minutes away? I, I, that's a bang, give me that. It, it, it's beautiful out there in Utah. He's, he's in a town... Um, about 10 minutes outside of Park City. Okay. But it's it's very farmland, also very mountainous still. Obviously, it's Utah. Um, but it's it's beautiful out there, and the people out there are good people. It's definitely God's country for sure. That's nice. So, born and raised in the Bronx. Yes. Yankees fan. By default. <laughs> what do you mean by default? Do by you default. like him or do you not like him? Oh, you have to like him. You're from, from the Bronx. I mean, you could like the Mets. I don't know why you would. They weren't, you there weren't that many... There weren't that many defectors in the Bronx at that point, <laughs> or collaborators. No, no, it was all it was all Yankees all the time. So, father worked for the city doing code enforcement. He did. Mom mainly raised you guys. Yeah, she every day, she used to walk us to school. Uh, you know, we went to they sent us Catholic school, scrounged up the money they had. They sent us there, wanting us to have a good education. What Catholic school was it? Sacred Heart. Sacred Heart. Sacred Heart. Great yep. school. Yeah, no, it was good. And we, <laughs> she'd walk us every morning there, and then she'd come pick us up in the afternoons, waiting for us. So it was, it was, it was nice. It's one of those things where you don't realize it, like how you know, blessed you were. Yeah, because she used to, um, I, I forgot what grade, like maybe fifth grade. I'm like, you don't have to come, you know, you don't have to take us anymore. We can take ourselves. <laughs> it's like so stupid. Yeah, but no, it's it, like uh, probably not. <laughs> yeah, no, it was legit though. Was, How was the Bronx at the time? Was it was it dangerous really? You know what it is? Dangerous is relative though. Yeah. Because if you live there and you're used to it, you know what to do. Yeah. You, you know, just danger just happens to be part of the uh, experience. It, exactly. Um, for it's changed me, now for sure. Oh, hundred percent. I mean, for me personally, I didn't feel in danger, right? Just because you don't feel like, like you're in danger. You live there. Exactly. Well, you know. So, yeah, it was all relative. It was um, decent. I mean, we grew up in the projects, though, mm-hmm. right? So it was, it was that. You were aware. We were aware. Exactly. It's like, hey, this is the situation. that These are the cards we were dealt. Just got to do what you have to do. Uh, Think about that generation, how much they sacrificed, right? Like your parents, your dad, you know, working his tail off on city, overtime, I'm sure, part-time jobs, I'm sure, at times. Your mother started her own um, in-home um, child care and you know your parents grinded to put you guys through private school but that was 
probably created some great relationships for you. Oh, for sure. Uh, Versus going to public schools in the city. You know, I, I would say great, great relationships, but also I'm a big proponent of like having the right foundational knowledge. And that's what I think that's what it did for us there. Mm -hmm. We had the right foundational knowledge, uh, math, science, all that stuff. And just, just that proper structure, I think. And then now we can do anything, right? So yeah. they put that money in and uh, it helped us. I, w I would say so. And then you went off to college. You went to like three different schools. You end up with 90 credits and you drop out of college, which I love. Fast tracking your story. What happened there? Wild ride. Uh, all right. Well, we'll, we'll jump over. Uh, we'll jump over high school then. Uh, we have to. Okay. Yes, for sake of time. For sake of time. Um, yeah. Initially, I went to SUNY Oswego thinking I wanted to do accounting, right? I was going to get an MBA in accounting. Bad decision. Uh, well, if I had a time travel, if I could time travel, I would, I would, I would. I needed a coach back then. <laughs> Abby, well, you don't want to do where accounting. Were, where were you? You were out in Brick. I think I was working at Lowe's. <laughs> <laughs> Doing the cash register, telling off people who were mean today. Oh, gosh. Lowe's, did you get that discount? Yeah, they got lowest discount, baby. Well, you can. I, you know, people will come there. I there was. I, I got to tell a quick story about. I'm, I'm all ears. Sidetrack. No, there was this gentleman who I think was um, working on some type of program. Um, you know, maybe he lived in a halfway house. He okay. was very functioning. He could count money. Um, obviously, he was able to communicate, and he had a temper. Okay. I'm waiting for the punchline because I'm like, oh, and he would, be and he would just, he would just ring people stuff up. Okay, it's thirty six ninety nine, and take their money. Have a good day. And he was very robotic, for lack of a better term. But he was a great worker. <clears throat> but he didn't like rude people. Bounced across from him one day. I'm just waiting. <laughs> I know one day, and this lady, she was definitely bougie and nasty, and. She starts yelling about the prices and, you know, and, and that type of store. Things are always wrong. They're in the wrong place. And he's like, listen, bitch, I don't price this shit. Fucking awesome, man. And I thought uh, Lowe's was a, was a great time. He got time. straight to the point, though. Oh, he was, he was, he was telling her the truth. I don't fucking price it. Like, why are you mad at me? <laughs> Oh, Lowe's is a good time. But yeah, I was in Lowe's at Bricktown and probably still angry at the world or something. Uh, so I I, I I went to do um, accounting. So I, I spent a year in Oswego, came back to the city, went to City College for a little bit. At the time, my brother was like, hey, you should do... Well, I didn't want to do computer science because I hated math. I did. I'm like, I, I just did. I, I, didn't, I didn't like it. It didn't like me. And my brother, who was years ahead of me, um, who, who who got a degree in economics, said, you should just do economics. Foolishly, I said, sure, why not? And um, started my path towards getting an economics degree. Funny enough, I did all the economics courses. They weren't bad. I, I didn't mind. But after a while, at some point, I got, I was, I was fortunate to get an internship to the Ford Foundation, and 
uh, I got the job. They they offered me two positions based on the interview. They said you could either go into the investments department, and at that time I didn't realize, but that their investment department was managing eleven billion in assets, right? So that's a that's a pretty hefty in-house investment department. But but uh, especially back then, oh, hundred percent. But then they said, or you can go into IT. I'm like, I like IT. <laughs> and so the investment department was like, all right, now. So, and these types of things are out there. Another nugget to drop. What's that? The, like things like the Ford Foundation. 100%. You know, they provide grants. They they look for opportunities. They were working with the city college at the time. Yes. Which you applied through there in their partnership. Yes. Um, talk sure. a little bit about the Ford Foundation, really what they were built on, the besides Ford- the CIA. <laughs> I don't know anything about that. Uh the the Ford Foundation uh, spun off from the Ford Motor Company, and um, you know they were, I think were, they they are still in eleven countries. They have eleven offices in eleven countries, and they're doing a lot of great work, humanitarian, um, and just aid, just great aid work, supporting um, supporting different endeavors. So you know one one thing that they supported that I I personally benefit from was. Uh, Sesame Street. Mm-hmm. So they were a big, uh, they were like, a, I b- believe they're a founding supporter of Sesame Street. When you watch it, at least the old ones, they'll say, you know, like grants made possible by Ford, Ford Foundation. Foundation. So that'll come up. Uh, so, you know, I, I haven't kept up to what they're doing now, but it's always been humanitarian and just lifting people up, uh, micro loans, figuring out how to help people start their businesses in these smaller countries so that they can provide for themselves. So they, they, they support those programs. Yeah. And, and this is the stuff that people need to understand. Like you think there's nothing out there. There's actually a plethora of grants and, you know, foundations like that out there that are looking to serve the population, especially of the United States. Um, especially if you're not, you know, somebody who's privileged or in an, uh, an economic situation where you have help. Even like, I think, if I'm not mistaken, the Small Business Association probably does similar work. A ton well. of them do. Yeah. Uh, there was some stat that some college guy put out there years ago at a finance meeting, and he, like, listed all the grants and the foundations in Jersey alone. Are you serious? Yeah, and it was hundreds. Um, so wow. this stuff is out there. I think a lot of us nowadays wants the instant gratification and we don't want to do the fucking work. You need to do the work. I don't care what it is you're in. If it's going to college, I'm not a college guy. If it's being an engineer, it's being a scientist, it's being in technology, it's washing cars it's shoveling dirt, whatever it may be. If you want to be the owner, you want to be successful. You need to do the work. Yeah. Start from the bottom. Simple. So how many people out there, if you actually knew there was a grant right now that would give you $150,000 to start a small business, would you start researching and applying? Most say, yeah, but how many will actually do it? Yeah, because grant writing is a mother. But again, anything is worth doing is worth doing, right? And you're going to learn through all that. Oh, for sure. So let's say you have to write five grant letters. You learned a lot throughout that process. You probably had to study something. You got better at your writing. You got better at your, your vocabulary. You fail forward, and that's anything in life. And sometimes it's not the end goal, right? It's the, the the journey. So that journey, like you might fail at the end goal, but you've learned so much during that journey where it's like that can be applied to something else. As I say, you don't know where you use it later. Exactly. So you get into the technology space. What type of technology were you actually doing? So in the beginning, I was doing help desk. So just general support. But one thing that I 
that I now realize two plus decades later is all that old stuff is now serving me because I was do it was mainly dealing with different types of folks, customer service and dealing with folks in an inopportune time when they needed, like when things weren't working right. So you, we, you like you get me calling you up pissed off that my technology or yes. my, my cable's not working. I'm yeah. angry. I can't see the Cowboys game. No, dude, it was more like, I'm just, I'm just giving an example. I can't do my reports. And, but through that whole thing, it really, you learn how to, you know, deal with people, diffuse situations. You also learn their job a little bit. Oh, no, 100%. But it, it's that stuff that's been carrying me, like, I've been building it over the past 20 decades. I mean, 20 decades, 200 years. Over the past two decades, that's been super helpful. But I, my, my biggest thing is that everyone who's in business at some point should all, should work in a customer service or service-based industry because at the end of the day, it's humans dealing with humans. And the people who win are the folks who know how to service people to that. Yeah, I have to go, I have to compliment you. You are very good at dealing with different personalities and looking at it through a positive lens and trying to see and hear what the other person is saying. Uh, I, I struggle with that at times, you know. Well, you you know what? It's sometimes easier to do that when you're not directly in that situation, right? So it's like if you're not emotionally involved, yeah, you can sit sit back and say here's what's happening, right? You can, you can do a play-by-play, -play, but sometimes, you know, I'm human, right? I'm in the situation and I let, you know, and sometimes it doesn't always work for me too. But I think eventually I, I, I like to, one thing I do is I sometimes play back things. What could I have done better, right? Mm -hmm. Because that's real, that's real leadership. Yes, you have to be, dude. First, you, you gotta, like, win or lose, it's your fault. Yeah. <laughs> right. Because I, I run a organization as well. So win or lose is my fault. And well, when it's the teams, the team takes it, lose, I take it. Yeah. That's how I approach it. Because and it's most leadership. Yeah. And that's hard to do when you got an ego and you work hard and maybe it wasn't fully on you. Your team maybe couldn't execute or. No, it, it would be a situation like that. But at the end of the day, you got to take it. And yeah. then later in, in, in the locker room or in the back room, yeah. hey, what <laughs> you know what happened guys but outwardly you just take it yeah so rewinding you a little bit how long did you do that that side of technology and then when did you go into the private institution that you work for now so funny enough i was at the ford foundation a little over four years after that i jumped to um the ladders where i met mike i worked there for a little over eight years Mike Sussman is how we met. Thank you, Mike. Yeah, no, Mike's a shout out to Mike. Mike's a Mike's a solid dude. He's a coach in the group. Uh, he sold a multi seven figure cyber company that he really was the brainchild on, and he had partners that helped him. But Mike was definitely the the leader of the pack there, and uh, just a brilliant guy, different demeanor than me. Um, I think he's the best coach in the pit um, for what he does. He's he's the nuts and bolts, and he's got a great patient demeanor and yeah. he's he's here to help he doesn't need money he's not here for money no he's a he's a humble dude and um you know i remember when he was starting car um it's funny because we were going to a data center in piscataway to like go like move servers or something it was like early in the morning and he had he had to, i don't know why i remember like the most obscene like the stupidest things but 
It was a notepad with this little sticker that says carve on it. I, I can close my eyes and see it like it was yesterday. And I don't know why, maybe at the time I thought it was significant or something, but it was like, that's my company I'm working on. And, you know, 10 years later, we reconnect. He sold the company and now he's just trying to help folks with business. That's how we reconnected like 10 plus years later. Yeah. And he's been through his own trials and tribulations. He's got a family. He's moved his house. He bought a beautiful mountain house. He transitioned out of his other company he was working with and he's doing full-time consulting now to large companies um, on, on, on all different levels, even down to HR. He really understands all the layers of the business and how the cadence should run and He's an extremely intelligent guy, and we're, we're extremely thankful to have him. Yeah, I mean, when you build something from scratch, you know, like imagine building a car from scratch. You're going to know every piece intimately. Yeah, and he just sold it recently. It's not like it was 10 years ago. No, exactly. So he's not that armchair guy that's like, well, I sold my company in the 70s yeah. or something. <laughs> back when. Yeah. <laughs> you know, when we, you know, we were doing, back then when we were using the fax machine, this is how we used to do it. Right? Actually, Mike Zussman told me that when he was trying to get you to the event last year, which is where you first met me, he thought it was a right wing group. I mean, and, 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 and you didn't right, really want to, you didn't really right want to come group. to my event. You're like, I'm running some MAGA commercial. I saw him with Trump on the plane. Oh <laughs> let me, let me take a sip. <laughs> I didn't spike it. I know I opened it myself. Uh, no, you know what? Uh, fair. I, and I and I told you this, so it's it's you know I guess I think we'll it's good for we'll I think it's good for people to of some contrarian thoughts to come together 100%. and find their common ground, and we have an, a great friendship. You know what? So <laughs> I'll tell you what it was. Right? I I see the picture. You know, it's the one where you're standing with your 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 arms crossed, looking all angry. And I'm like, man, man, did I have a MAGA shirt on or something? Oh, dude, but you, you just had the, you had the, you, did I look like Trump? <laughs> no, you had to get off my lawn look. <laughs> you better get off my lawn. I don't want people on my lawn. No, well, you're, I know you're a crazy. Not like my We're lawn, not going to talk about that. When I, you know, you have like, um, maybe that's another, for another podcast. You can teach guys how to like really lawn care, care doctor. He's already out there online. I saw his social 10 years ago. That guy's crushing. Oh, well, well yeah. Um, so I'm. You know, I think I judge the book by its cover. And the thing is, I'm happy to say I'm wrong, right? I judge the book by by its cover. I, I said, this group seems, I don't know. <laughs> I don't, what does it seem? I don't know. Just, say it. I, no, I don't know. It just seemed, it just seemed really, um, you know, really pent up. <laughs> the group seemed really pent up. And I said, oh, I don't know. And Mike's like, you know, I, Mike I think, said, are they going to whip out ARs at this thing, Mike? No, dude. <laughs> I didn't think they were going to rip out ARs. I was just waiting for everybody to put on their cowboy hat. Oh, no, that, uh, cowboy boots now after that event. No, that, well, those boots. My Montana buddy, Jim Riley, sent these How, uh, after that event. Are they comfortable? <laughs> They're super comfortable. And I honestly always made fun of people, my brother-in-law included. That, that thing is probably going to last for years. And it's just like, it can, for me, and I'm, I'm not selling shoes, but. These are Tacovas. Okay. It just gives me extra support in the heel. It's got that big chunk, real leather heel, and it's just strong. They're not super warm. Oh. There's not many cowboy boots that are warm, so I honestly wouldn't. I assume they were warm. That was just me. No, they're not really warm. Summertime, it's like leather, so your skin on it okay. will sweat. 
But uh, they're comfortable, man. I mean, it just kind of molds to your foot. Where's the horse at? <laughs> uh, uh, so anyway, you you I came you you came to the event and, anyway, and I was pleasantly wrong. Like it was a great event. It was, and I think that was. It was at the beginning when I was like thinking about starting this business. So I was super early. I think no, I was. I think I was in the midst of it. Like it was super mm -hmm. early. But it, it was great to be around folks who had the same core values in regards to entrepreneurship. Yeah. Like, I really didn't care about the, you know what, political aspects, like, you know, believe what you can believe. But at the end of the day, if you're a good person and you, you know, we resonate on, on the- On that, it's family, culture. community. Yeah, no. It, it, financial freedom. Because- who would say no to any one of those three? And your community could be different than my community. It could be a, a different political view than mine, but it's still your fucking community. And we need good leaders in this country and the community that turn around and help. That, and that's all that matters. And there have been great folks, you know, like I've met through the group that have been super helpful. Like, you know, who, uh, all of them, Nick Facility. Nick, but Nick, especially, you know, I'll throw him out there. He, excuse me. At, at one point, he's like, come out to my house. Let's look at this. Let's look at this. Like, he's just, like, super helpful. I've never met He's anyone. almost too giving. Yes. I've never met anyone that genuinely helpful in my life. And it's, and you, here's a here's a kicker, right? Never met anybody. I spent a half a million dollars to build this oh, thing. You know what I mean. I, I mean, you're right. I'm, talking about, ooh, I'm not talking about you. He, like, this is what you do, though. But him, he was just, like, out of, like, out of like the you know periphery and said Let's he liked what you like the people that were coming together that had the same core values but here's the crazy thing if i had said oh well his political views don't align with mine right then i've i've just invalidated a, a crap ton of people who we could have built a real relationship mm -hmm. right think about that so it's like all these folks that we now connect on a deeper level outside of politics, right? These are people who we would have never been in this situation had I been, been like, I'm gonna stay on my side of the field, you stay on your side of the field. It's not, it's not the way it's not gonna work. It's not, you know, it's it's not, it doesn't make sense going forward. I mean, that's my- Yeah, and, and I didn't think any political thing when I met you. I thought, you know, no, I didn't. So this is us and Buddy. Oh. He's a good dude, he's, he's trying to win, he's trying to start a business and Anyway, I think it's I think it's good to point out, you know, for people who go into any personal development, business coaching, there's a lot of scammers, there's a lot of frauds out there. This is a genuine group of people and it's diverse and there's all different personalities and all different lines of work. Of course. After the same thing with very similar core values. And exactly. no one can be mad at family, financial freedom and your community or country. I mean you know, wherever that may be. Only a psychopath would be mad at either one of those things because those are negative people in the world you know what people say oh, you know money's not everything but money does help you do things for your community your family those who are in need right you can give back you know look well, uh, again the guy who gives back a lot is your your pal jamie yeah it's time but but it's like uh, after i saw i'll tell you this after i saw what he, what he was doing from the philanthropical uh, uh, uh aspect it, it was one of those things where it was like, yeah, I would like my business to do well. So I can do that kind of 
so I can do stuff. Yeah. Right. Well, that's literally since I've been 19, started in the finance business. Like I always would say, ask anybody, dude. My buddy Chuck was talking about the other day. He's one of my buddies I had up to the, the cabin. Okay. And he was like, he pulled me to the side and he's like, did, did you know that like, you always said you were going to turn around and help people and crush it and you, know, you never really like explained what it is. Like, did, was this what you were thinking? And I'm like, not really, but- yeah, It turned into it. But when you manifest something and you think about like, hey, I'm going to, I want to have the ability to turn around and help. I just think you put good juju in the world. Yeah. And then if you actually go through on that, sometimes doing the right thing is not the easy thing. Well said. It's very hard at times, you know, it's like, hey, I'm in here, I bought this app, I put together this podcast, I paid the people who produced it, I paid these guys, these influencers, this, this, and I don't mean it to be me, 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 but someone needed to lead and build the community and show that we can build this on the East Coast. The West Coast has it, dude. Does, do they? They're all, dude, there's, oh. there's, there's 15 different groups out there that are entrepreneurs and real estate and all types of stuff. Limitless Society, Keaton, my good friend. You know, you had Lions Den with Sean Whalen out there. Okay. You have... Um, um, Rex, he's another guy out there, big real estate guy, big community, uh, red suit realtor. Um, Arite? Arite. Um, who else do you have? A, a, a ton of them. Apex down in Texas. The East Coast, the, 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 the tri-state area is a bunch of tough guys and tough girls. They don't want to like... They don't want to like... It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a competition, right? This oh, is the, one of the main financial hubs of the country in, in New York City. And then... The, the, the ripple effects that come af off of that. And I think it took someone who was willing to get out front and spend some money on it and prove concept. And that's what we did the last two years. You are a perfect example of it. And Fireside is going to be used more often to promote people in the, permit, in the pit. That's yes, am I going to have some big names? But if you're not in the pit, I don't really want you on the podcast. Because this is about helping business owners and people who are investing back into the community, which the pit is not set up tax-wise, for those of you who may pull my tax records. It's not set up as a non-for-profit, but it's a non-for-profit. I'm going to post the financials soon. I don't make money off of it. I make money off of the people that I may impact, and then in there, they do a deal externally with what it is that I do in the finance space, which is tax planning, pension planning, insurance planning. So AV Luxury Design comes in, he builds within the community. He helps in the community. He adds value. He grabs value. Boom. Before you know it, my boy up there in uh, North Jersey throws you a lighting deal inside of a, a friend of his that's a large contractor or an architect. And now you land a $50,000 job yeah. because you met that person in the pit and you added value to him. And at some point he remembered that and wanted to give that back to you. It's not just take, take, take. And that's what it is in the Northeast a lot. It's yeah. transactional. No, you know what? Uh, it's funny. There was a, I think someone's telling me about a group was, or I don't know the name of the group, but there was a group where it's like, you know, I'll refer you, you refer me, I refer you, like. Yeah, it's like La Tip. Is that what? Yeah, it's like La Tip. It's, I'm not familiar. It's the weirdest thing ever. It's just like the chamber. So I want to jump into AV luxury design and what that is. I think even in my first thoughts of what it was when, I met you, it was like, you know, lighting, nice wall lighting and ceiling lighting, right? And, you know, basic stuff, you know, AV, but you really come in and work with an architect and a designer and get, you can get really crazy. You know, the, the music, the sound, the blinds, the, the systems. 
talk about that a the little bit. The experience, really. So that's that's really what it is, right? It's not just one thing. It's the experience of everything. So the way we like to do it, like, we like to approach it a couple of different ways. Like, if, uh, if a homeowner brings me in, you meet with the homeowner, we sit down with them and say, who lives here? What areas are important to you? How do you like to use the area? Like, just we get to know them. Because the thing with what we do is everything is custom. So, like, if you're going to go get a suit, we're going to measure you, right? We're not just going to, like, pull something off the rack. So when it's custom, it's custom. We're like, we deep dive into, like, how do you like to use your space? We get to know them intimately so that we can prescribe and work together to decide what this space is going to do. Well, we even did it back here. I mean, I'm moving now, but we started and you were measuring and we were doing speakers and you're like, hey, what do you do with this TV out here? Is it, do we need more sound for the TV? Do we need more sound for the music? Are they on at the same time? You know, on just dumb stuff I never thought to even think of. Whoa. I inherited these speaker systems, right? Sure. So I, I, I never even thought of that stuff. Well, because when you when one knows what's fully possible like there's like an endless amount of questions to really like dial it in that's bad for me though because then once i start thinking about that stuff then i want to learn everything and i want the best of everything and you'd be walking out happy and you can have it <laughs> you, you deserve it why are you working if you can't have the best of everything let me ask you this uh, now i know i know networking is really your your masterpiece and as you're transitioning you know, hopefully over the next, you know, year or two into full-time business. And that's what we do in the pit. Yeah, you know, we build you an off-ramp and an on-ramp. It's not just, hey, quit your job tomorrow. Now, some crazies have done that, like J.D. <laughs> down in Texas. And they listen to me, and I know I'm good at moving you, but I mainly recommend having a, a runway of savings and building an off-ramp and an on-ramp into your new thing. And that's what we're doing with you. Um, but you do networking at the private institution you work for in the city. Is that where it kind of started? And then, the, you know, because when I say networking, for most people don't understand, like, we weren't coming out here and putting in a receiver like I thought. You were going to just have everything controlled through some type of software that went on my phone as an app, and then everything was worked off of Bluetooth and the Wi-Fi. Yeah, that's kind of like your like for that, how you went into how crazy you do stuff now. So, you know, the background of all this work, AV and all that, is the network that's the nerve center that's the um what do you call the the spine like like the spine of the of all this work is the network so for the past two decades this is the kind of work i've been doing so it just happened to be that one day i was at a neighbor's house and i saw equipment that looked similar to the equipment i work on but it was just different so it was kind of like bizarro and i'm like what is that all that because it looks like what i think it is but it's not and he said, no, that's my AV equipment. And that's when I realized, wow, AV has changed significantly through the years. Because back in the day, it used to be a couple of old dudes just running wires in the ceiling. Oh, wires and receivers. And, just, and, and speakers, and that's it. But this, this field has changed significantly that this is tech adjacent. Mm. Right? All, it's essentially all the work that I've been doing for the past 20 decades I don't know why I keep saying 20 decades. Yeah, two maybe, decades, but I get what you're saying. Maybe, uh, maybe it feels like I make years. people nervous. I'm not nervous, though. I'm having a good time. You know, you gave me a nice spin drift. Is it smoking? Is 
Smokey the Bear? Is he making you nervous? Oh, only you can prevent forest fires. He's he's preventing it right now. <laughs> he's watching us. Uh, so all the work I've been doing for the past two decades have just given me an edge over a lot of the, the folks who do it do this work already because it's probably super cumbersome to understand all of this networking on top of making it make your blinds go up like i can do not my head could explode not to me like it's i'm saying oh, because it comes easy for you it, because of your background you know what's you know what's you know what's interesting someone told me once like like you got it good because you know the network aspect of it right the rest is just the rest is gravy mm-hmm. so the speakers what, are going to do their job the blinds are going to do their job the and the, the the most the craziest thing is, you you make all of them work in concert. So let's say you walk in from a long day of work, you press the home button. You program what that home button does. So the home button can turn off, turn on certain lights in your house, play certain music, turn on the TV to ESPN, right, or, or FS1, whatever. You know, ESPN's not what it used to be. Uh, allegedly. So you go turn on to wherever you want. Pat McAfee's tearing down ESPN's <laughs> senior team one by one. I Pat, shout out to your boy, bro. I see what you're doing. New age coming in. <laughs> exactly. Um, you can have the shades go up and down, have the music playing, have like certain things turn on and off, alarm go. Like you literally can do. So let me ask you this. Contrarian thought. Please. I grew up poor. I've been okay with walking into a room and turning on a TV and, okay. you know, hitting the sound bar okay. and, and putting the, the light dimmer up, mm-hmm. right? I have a second thought after okay. you answer this. Yeah, sure. So for the person who's going to say, like, that's that's overkill, what would you say to them? So, firstly, this isn't for everyone, right? And It's definitely a luxury item when done high-end. When done high end, so there there are levels to this, but yes, it, when when done at the highest level, it is wonderful. But it's it's a situation where what, let's say, do you want to be futzing around with all the stuff, or do you want to get home? Kids are sitting around. Say, kids, let's watch a movie. Press the movie time button. TV turns on. Lights, you know, you you get the lights the way you want it. You're watching movie. You're watching a movie in like a matter of seconds. Well, that's what I was gonna say. So after being a dad. And being as oh, okay. as as a husband as as busy as I am, now the way I'm set up in this house, I, I I definitely look at it as a luxury item. Still, just because I'm a conservative guy when it comes to the money side. Okay, but it like total help. You know, kids, lights. This light does that light. This does that that light. And I'll give you an example. So, like we recently just had twins. Congratulations again. Thank you, sir. And the baby's names? Uh, Everett and Allison. Beautiful. Uh, thank you. I named them myself. My wife. My wife's Lillian supported. had nothing to do with it? No, but no, but she supported the, She supported <laughs> it. So thankfully she supported it. Uh, because if she didn't, they wouldn't be named Everett and Allison. Would uh, it be a different name? Of course they would. It would be the name that she liked. What was her name? What's that? What was the name she liked? No, she, she liked the names I picked. So <laughs> thankfully we didn't have to go down that I line. get it. <laughs> I'm trying to trip you up here. Nah, you can't trip me up, dude. Uh, so we 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 worked with a designer. You know, one thing that you, one thing you threw out ages ago was stroke stroke checks, right? Mm-hmm. Stroke checks. Do you want for for those who are just tuning in? Do you want to tell us what stroke checks means? So stroke checks. Um, 
first off, I want to, I want to agitate you. I want to piss you off. It's a marketing, it's a marketing thing. Number one, for those of you who think you have a preconceived notion of me, I tell you to stroke checks, but really it's, it's it, when I drill down deeper on it, it's taking action towards your personal development, coaching and business. Like every time I spend money on another event or coaching call or something that's bettering my business and, and, and experience that I'm borrowing from somebody else that they're teaching me, I pay for, it shortens my learning curve and I make money. So and you build relationships, right? And you build relationships, which is you know, all of it. The relationships is the ancillary. That's not why you first go there. It's beneficial because you have more people, like the event 2.0 is going to have. You have more people who are after getting better. You have people who are further along in that. You have people who are just starting. But Abiola and me were there. So the new guy showing up this year can talk to Abiola because he just did that. And so it's, it's taking action on your personal development and stroking checks into your business towards your dreams we don't dream big enough and when i stroke checks i win yes does it get tight yes is it tough is it hard to swallow that pill sometimes yes but on the other end of it is usually joy and like you said so it's funny i i thought about it like stroking checks we were building we were working on the nursery and it, it and there was a 360 moment that that came that happened where I was, I did a presentation for a, for an interior designer about my stuff. I said, this is what I do. I'd love to partner up with you. And later on, like, you know, and nothing materialized yet, but it was a good interaction. Uh, she was, uh, she came through a mutual friend. And when we were, we were working on the nursery, I called her. I said, you know what? I'd like to have you come and do the presentation for my nursery because I'm going to, I want to work on it for the kids. And she came and it was just weird because now she's in my living room showing me stuff. And like a couple of months ago, I was in her living room doing this thing. Yeah. But, uh, but we partnered up. She, she, uh, came up with this awesome design for the, the nursery. And then I added my stuff on top. So I put automated shades in and I put automated lighting. in. so did you get content all this, all this, <laughs> I am going to uh, create content, you know, retroactively. But yes, it was something that I I, <laughs> I was supposed to where, do. Where you, was I on your shoulder while you were doing it? Like, content? 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 Where's the cameras? Yo, dude, I I have to come back and do it because it's set up to a, a way where it's like, first of all, managing two babies is a pain. Two, like it just is. They're, they're great. Exhausting. But they're great. Right? No uh -huh. one's judging you for saying they're a pain. They get it. No. <laughs> that you fucking hate your life the first eight weeks of having I wouldn't say I hate it. Yeah. Okay. I just don't recognize this. Or remember, All right. <laughs> I don't recognize my life. Okay. <laughs> uh, so we have a button where it's like you press during the day, uh, like a feeding button, you press it, and the lights come up to a certain whatever. Like it's bright because during the day. But you press the same button at light. At night, it's a bit lower because you don't want to wake those. You, you, you don't want them super active because you want them to be able to go to sleep after you feed them yeah then we have automated shades right so like hey we want some shades to come in yeah we can like carry one baby run to shade pull a shade or you can just press the button and just have it done mm -hmm. it's that convenience that hey listen these kids are here now now my focus 100 percent is on the kids and this technology is doing the work for me right it's not about being lazy it's not about whatever it's just about straight convenience convenience and focusing on those who you love and that's really 
Technology is here to aid us. It's, yeah. it's helpful in so many ways, obviously nowadays. For sure, for sure. And you know, uh, as I start to as I start to meet more with architects, uh, interior designers, you're doing some pretty uh, big jobs. You, you've landed now, like yeah, doing some cool stuff. No, we were fortunate. You know, I think our biggest uh, driver of work are referral partners. Right there, because they're already in these these spaces. Yeah, they're helping design or, or they're an architect. Or... Exactly, and all we're doing is augmenting their work. Right, we're not taking away from it. We're just adding value. So, interior designers love us because, well, I'll say I'll say, AB Luxury Design in particular because we think we come in as a partner. Right, so I'm not going to come in and say. Oh, well, according to sound science, the speakers have to go right in between where your lights are going to go. Yeah, right in between where you put that beautiful pan ceiling. No, my job is to find solutions to their problems, not be another impediment or problem. So, for example, we'll throw in invisible speakers, right? You can't see them, but they're there. You can paint and mud over them. You're not going to see them. And they love that. And not a lot of folks are like leading with these cutting edge things. I think one thing that gives us the edge over some folks, right? Again, it's not a, it's not like a, my, my thing is my only what competition. What my, I'll tell you that, but my only competition is me from yesterday, right? I don't, I don't look at what other people are doing. I just want to be better than I was yesterday. What makes us unique is that the fact that we're from a technology background, a background where you always have to stay on top of what's changing, yeah. right? The network, the the threats, the everything. Exactly. Network threats, even emerging technology, right? What's new? So I've taken that mindset from there and applied it to the AV space because the AV space is always changing, but not everyone wants to change with it because... They're expensive. If I just came in and paid, you know, $150,000 for full automation in my house and, you know, a new speaker comes out or a new light wall comes out, mm -hmm. you know, it's, it, you know, I'm not going to go and update that technology. For sure. But at the same time, folks who are service providers should now be offering the newer technologies to their clients versus the mentality of this is how we've always done it mindset. Mm -hmm. I think this is the way we've always done it mindset would kill would kill the car it would kill the the, the um the was it the the press it like you know there was press a, kills the press no i'm talking about the press news. no the press the thing that makes the oh the press <laughs> the thing that started making i thought we were talking about like yell no see that no dude the thing that makes newspapers like back in the day the the honor yeah. press there are a lot of folks with the mentality of this is how we've always done this. CIA, they heard us. Oh, uh, the, well, they don't operate within the U.S. Apparently, no. Israel? Oh gosh, how do I know? I'll cut that part out. <laughs> <laughs> um, there, there are a lot of folks in the space with the this is how we've always done it mentality, right? There are, you know, I, I put out. I don't think there's many people in your space. Like, maybe are, I just not looking for them. No, there are enough in this space, but the you know I'll give you, I'll give you an example. There was a job recently that an architect asked me to pull on, and when I spoke to the client, I said, "Hey, this is what we can do for you, 
And she says, I don't want any speakers on the floors. No problem. And I asked her, I said, would you like uh, lighting control? She's like, what's that? The, the other firm didn't even talk to me about that. I said, well, you could create con control every house light in your house so that when you leave me, you press the all off button, all the lights turn off. Or if you're not home and you want to make it look like you're home, it has a setting called occupancy, right? It mocks occupancy. And it's, it, you know, I personally would like that, you know, yeah. being that we're up and down to the mountains a lot. Exactly. You know, my new home is, you know, knock on wood, if I can, if I can get this deal through, you know, on this, on this acreage, it's pretty secluded. Mm -hmm. So I want to make sure that, you know, it looks like there's somebody home. And even from a security aspect, right? So it, we can, it can praise here. It's like someone walks to your front door, but doesn't press the doorbell. It's something, something announces, hey, someone's at the front door. Or you can have it like, oh, when that happens, have this light blink twice. Yeah. Or start recording the cameras. Or, or sh show up on the TV. Like there's literally, you can, like if this, then that. If this happens, then do this. So this, like what I do is like, I the, the home is orchestrated. So every piece of the home works together for you. So let me be a contrarian again. Please do. And think from a conspiratorial thought process. Go. Now I got my whole entire life hooked up to the network, okay. Wi-Fi. Sure. You, you know, Mike Zussman, our good friend, can tell us about the threats that are out there and hacking. It's it's essentially, you can't stop it. Sure. Um, if they want to hack you, they're going to hack you. Um, what would you say to that person that's like, you know, this is tying my life, my cameras, someone can get into my cameras, they can get into my... You know, people think like that. None of this goes to the cloud. It's not safe to the cloud. So this isn't like a ring doorbell. Or this isn't like a, everything stays in your home. That's the thing. Yeah. So when it goes to the cloud is where they can grab it. Correct. Tap into it. Correct. Like, did you see that video? It was going around like three, four months ago. Which one? The The dad comes down into the kitchen. There, there's a daughter on the couch. It's a ring camera. They have like one of those sticks. They call them sticks. I have a bunch around my property. Okay. Uh, they can work indoor and out. And he's like, what do you get out of the fridge, bud? Your daughter looks pretty cute, you know, watching TV. And he's like, what? What'd you say? And he walks over to the camera and I forget what else he said, but it was fucking crazy creepy. You know what happened there? Um, sometimes when people say that they've been hacked, it's usually not as sophisticated as you think. Because again, I work in that field. Um, it's sometimes like you, you, you expose your password or you make your password too simple, or you use your password for, let's say, I don't know, uh, Jersey freeze, or you Jersey or don't use Sam. He'll sue me. <laughs> let's, let's say you have Jersey freeze is actually the best ice cream. I know. That's why New Jersey. That's why I brought up Jersey. It's like crack those. That's those why I brought up Jersey standards. freeze. Uh, but let's say you use the same password. That's not good for a diet. Yeah, 100%. Sorry, Matt. Let's say you use the same password for your Gmail and then for your ring and your Gmail, someone take, finds out your Gmail password. What they're going to do is use the same password and see if it works on your ring. That's what happened, mm -hmm. right? So this high profile hacking, like they do. Yeah, this is some idiot kid that stole a password, but it's it's still creates fear and so on. It's like the guy who was still carrying the beeper for another year and a half after cell phones were out, going, they're tracking me, or whatever he was potentially thinking. And then eventually, 
just like me with the Alexas and everything else, you just kind of, you just kind of, well, fall into it. It's it's everywhere anyway. Our phones are on us. Our, our refrigerators listen to us. This So the systems we use, and I have another one in particular, it's closed. It doesn't go to the cloud. It doesn't share information. Mm-hmm. That's what's different from this stuff and the DIY solutions, right? Because sometimes if something's super cheap, maybe you're the product, right? Mm-hmm. And your information is being mined. But mm-hmm. if we're working with these companies that, don't sell data. It's just like straight control, a straight control company, and everything's on your on site. Basically, everything's in your home because, again, we build a rack in the house, right? This is all the equipment. It's here. The information isn't going anywhere. It's not going to the cloud. That's the biggest. That's one of the biggest. Again, this is just education. I'm oh, glad, I'm sure. glad that I that I ask it. You turned no. off your ding. Now my ding's going off <laughs> on my phone. So obviously. You can get crazy on design of like literally anything that you want can be done from your phone or particular remotes that are given. Yeah. Buttons. Home theater. Home theater. And it could go scale up to the highest of ends to, to doing simple things in people's you know, basements, their 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 home theaters. Yeah. Um, you really do it all as well as, you know, again, lighting is looked at as just simplified, but like outdoor lighting design, you know, design for bars, yep. and, you know, in, in your home or your basement, you got your man room, you're doing a really nice bar, how lights look. We're doing one for, we're working with Nick. I know, at, at Nick's house, that's what made me thought of it. Yeah, no, so Nick, Nick's doing an awesome bar, and we said, all right. He's doing wall lights too, right? Oh. In that, the walls? Yes. He caused some problems. What do you mean? I don't know, he said the wall lights are not, something's on back order. Yeah, they're they're gonna yes, <laughs> because everything's custom. Yeah, right. It 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 is bad. <laughs> they have to make because we're not going to Home Depot, right? No, you're getting nice stuff. Yeah, <laughs> you you know that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So this is coming. This is um, it's actually pretty cool. So it's wall lights, um, like shines through the sheetrock. No, no. Uh, you you kind of it's it's. Almost, a, it's it's a square piece of gypsum, right? So you cut a square piece, uh, a square hole in the wall, a square, you cut a square in the wall, push the gypsum in, mud around it, then paint. So now all you see is that light coming out. Mm. So then you walk in. So the light's integrated into the wall. And the Got it. It's, they do that. And they set up for events a lot of times. They'll take those lights uh-huh. and they'll place them on the floor to... to the... No, no, but this is... In the... I know, I'm saying oh. this is this is more yeah. permanent. Yeah, this is in the wall and then just shiny... They're shiny LED lights. Are they LED? Yeah, they're LED. They're LED. So they're nice. Different colors. No, they're just warm. So it's warm just to create an ambience. Because when you do lighting, there's layers of lights, right? There's ambient light, task lighting, background light. You can really... And then when you layer it in such a way, it creates depth. Yeah. Right? Versus just like a bright spot light. I don't think people realize until like, even if you go to like a really nice restaurant with, you know, the proper shadows at night on the bushes and... Mm -hmm. You know, walking up to the walkway, a beautiful house, you know, a nice high-end house. Lighting is always really well done inside and out. Uh, makes a huge difference. Light, you know what's crazy? I'm going to jump in. So the type of light affects you inside your home, right? Mm-hmm. So if, you, if you're using super cheap Home Depot lights, right, it has more blue in it. So, it, like, it just gets your brain. You're, like, you can't really unwind. So the quality of light really does play a factor. So I got to stop by the dollar ninety nine four packs. 
Uh, I think it's eight packs now. <laughs> Shows how much I buy. Rever reverse inflation. Anyway, it's what you do can be dialed up to the craziest of nine or dialed down or dialed down significantly. Um, and I'm proud of you. You're, you're, you're landing some great jobs. We definitely are. You're helpful. You're not pushy. You'll go talk to anybody. Yep. You'll give ideas. Um, you're really good with the partners that you're working with. Um, I'm trying to really line you up, and I know I've been saying this, but trying to find the right partnerships and, and the right situations to put your hand in I that person's it. hand. And um, I don't just do that for anybody. When I do, it's like the loyalty there, the trust is there, and I definitely trust you. I appreciate it. I appreciate you coming on. I know you're exhausted, drove all the way down from North Jersey. Well, your car probably drove you. Elon drove you here. Of course, you got a Tesla. We won't go there. Yeah, technology. Ah. Where can people find it? Instagram, AV Luxury Design? Uh, Instagram, AV Luxury Design. Um, Facebook, avluxurydesign.com. Uh, yeah, those three, those three spots. And then... And you can find them in the pit. Definitely in the pit. Definitely find them in the pit. At the event as well. I will be there with bells on. Thank you for your time. Thank you for having me. Eat some food. We'll send you on your way. Um, right before I finish here, though, I like to ask two questions. Okay. The first question is, somebody who was in your shoes 12 months ago, like you were, what would you tell them starting today? <laughs> um, focus on... That build... the Army helicopter coming. That's Chinook? Uh, focus on building the right relationships early relationships is a big one and then the second question is let's give some shout outs to some other people that have helped you along your way or business owners you want to give love to that may see this podcast uh i would say mike zussman right he's been a big help he, he talked about him brought me to the pit um tom simpson met Great up too. with him we try to meet up I think we're, we, you know, we're meeting up on the cadence now. He's North Jersey, not too far. 11 minutes away from my house. Tom is very, very intelligent when it comes to wood. And I mean that, you know, he, he, he's, he's grabbing wood from all of... <laughs> oh, he knows about wood. What? What do you mean, bro? He has me some wood. <laughs> bro, he, he goes to like random farms in like other countries he to in, get... He was in Paris last week. Uh, last yeah. week. He gets high-end wood and, you know, sells it for customized jobs, obviously flooring. Yeah. <laughs> Fucking lashing. I'm allowed you're allowed. Tom Simpson is this man of the year an expert on wood, and he's not. Uh, no lights, he knows wood, bro. Uh, Maybe you should work together. <laughs> uh, anyway, this podcast has been great. We got to end it. I don't want to take it too long. Thank you for your no, time. No, thank you. This is great. We'll do more of it. And, Big shout uh, out to Nick Facilli and the rest of the pit. No. Peace. Peace. <laughs>